0: Christ the Babe of All. Now, as is tradition for a few years now, I've tried to find little excerpts of kids stating how they see Christmas. This time I found one with teenagers. (coughs) Um, So this was in the (laughs) UK. This one was in the UK. And um, just a little bit, bit of background on this church. They do active outreach with the youth into the surrounding youth of that area it's a very varied um, um, group of youth and so they've brought in the youth and taught them the story of Jesus and then made it fun for them too to participate in it and that's the first way of reaching people's hearts right and so it's 10 minutes long but be Baptist just listen to it okay it's slightly long but it's good All views expressed in this video are not necessarily the views of New River Church, but those of the children alone. All radical statements have been blamed on bad parenting. Enjoy. Long, 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 long,
1: long, 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 long time ago.
2: The angel Gabriel came to visit Mary. Mary was sleeping. And eating. She was wearing her pyjamas, her pyjamas, her pyjama
1: dress. I am Gabriel.
2: Mary was very shocked, flabbergasted. The, the angel said that, Mary, you're going to have a baby. You're pregnant.
1: I'm good Jesus, I am no pregnant.
2: Mary said that, but I don't have a
1: husband. Don't Don't worry. worry.
2: God God will sort it out. Mary went to see Joseph. She was a bit panicked because she was nervous of what Joseph might say. Joseph was eating his olives. Don't freak out. I'm having a baby. And an angel told me. I'm supposed to call the baby Jesus. And Joseph scratched his head. Congratulations. Mary said back, no, we're going to have it together. Joseph spat out his olive.
1: What? Mary said, just pack your things to go on a trip.
2: Then Mary left. And Joseph was pretty confused about the whole situation. Then the angel visited Joseph. Joseph smells of green olives. Joseph was having a shower. You're gonna have a baby. No way. Mary's gonna have a baby, not you. Joseph said, But we're not married. What? Mary, Mary, no way. Mary Mary. Mar- Mary, Mary. Mary, Mary. Mary, Mary. Where are we going to have the baby?
3: Oh, the the good. This is set out to go. To Bethlehem.
4: So Mary and Joseph are riding the donkey and the donkey starts to get really tired because Mary is really fat at this point. So Joseph says that, that he's going to break the donkey's legs and she needs to get off.
3: Oh, that was just too much for me. Mary was getting fat.
4: Joseph said Mary you your buddy me off. So the donkey pulled out his phone and booked an Uber.
3: Okay, so the Uber driver said, "We're going to my." Oh, Joseph said, "To the train station, please, Mike."
4: When the Uber pulled up to the train station, Mary and Joseph got out and got on the train.
3: So it all tapped in and went on the Victoria Line.
4: But Donkey's tail got caught in the door. Ow, my tail! <laughs> and then they just sat there, like this. And they arrive in Lund- I mean Bethlehem, and the donkey runs away. <laughs> and Mary and Joseph are like, Donkey, get here now! And then Joseph says, Donkey, stop being such an arse. Oh wait, he is an arse.
3: So the donkey went out sightseeing and taking selfies with random people.
2: Eventually, Mary and Joseph found the donkey and head to the hotel.
3: Um, Mary and Joseph began shouting at the donkey, and this is what they said: "Sit down there, you stupid donkey!" And then, <laughs> and then Mary was just like, um, "I've had enough, you'll stop it."
4: And Joseph was reading the map upside down, one idiot. So Mary waxed Joseph. You're such an idiot. The donkey put the head
2: in his hands and shook his head.
5: One eternity later.
4: Mary and Joseph went to a fancy hotel to try and get a room but they didn't manage to get a room because there was no space The person at the door said to them, sorry there's no room, you have to go to the next hotel next door And then they arrive at a hotel and the manager says, you can stay but the donkey has to stay outside Sorry, we do not allow donkeys in here. Well, I'm talking to you Joseph And the the donkey laughed (laughs) And then Joseph goes away to walk outside
3: and then eventually they met a man who had the farm on the edge of Plumpton and he said he had the stable to stay in.
4: After hours of searching for just one hotel, they found a the stable. And they were like, seriously, we wasted so much time just looking for one hotel. Donkey collapses in a heap because he's so relieved. Mary puts her feet up. And Joseph massages them. Because she's tired. And exhausted. And pregnant. Did I say she was tired? Ugh. I can't believe B- that I'm having a baby!
2: We're gonna hear, hear a lot of bad. bad. Joseph said that this table was very stinky. Worse than the olive smell. Shepherd's well. Shepherding. Shepherding. Doing the shepherd's well listening to no, listen. some
3: they see me rolling they hate patrolling and trying to kiss me right
1: the noise of angels appeared they were a bit afraid of the angels and all the angels started to sing and um, a lovely lullaby about Jesus being born the angels sang Glory to
5: the world.
2: The shepherd said, one of those! (laughs) Then the angel said, there's going to be a baby born and he's going to be the king of kings. He's going to be a ruler. Mm. The angel said, hurry up then.
1: All right, we should lead off now. Bad idea. So then one said all about the sheep. We should look them up before we go. And then all the shepherds arrived to see baby Jesus. Uh, We've come to see the new baby. The shepherd said it's most bit. Ooh, it's a bit smelly in here Oh, disgusting sheep poo or something The song was the, the wise
2: men were singing the song, and the song was y- a da da, da Y-M-C-A.
3: A, a brilliant star shone in the sky, and the three wise men saw it.
1: And the star that was golden oh. yellow, a shining star, bright. Oh, then. What is the star doing? I'm leading you
2: to a baby. A king baby. You,
1: you could call it a, a king. And a baby. Follow me, guys. Yes! Jesus!
3: The first wise man was just like, I'm going to go follow that star, it looks wonderful. The second wise man was just like, that star looks amazing, let's all follow it. And the third wise man, he was just like, oh I'm going to follow all that stars as well. They look wonderful. They all blamed it on the third wise man the third wise man responded to this like this Just like All mm. of you lot are so immature i do had enough of you I not to be a wise man if you like were. If I went to Herod
1: to get some baby. I can get
3: involved. The wise man found Herod And said We're looking for this new baby king Who's going to replace you Then Herod goes Replace me?
2: They asked Herod Where is this baby? Herod said I don't know, but when you do find out, can you tell me because I want to know where this so-called Jesus is, we will tell you. They were lying though, because they thought that Jesus was going to be killed, very sad times.
1: Horrid wasn't a very King Maddie, It was a bit horrid. Don't trust you. Don't trust people. Uh, i said, a bit of a snake. Snake in the jungle. The wise men all agreed that they won't go back to Herod.
2: And they set off to the stable. But...
1: The third man, wise man sang. Twinkle, twinkle, needle star. My man drives a racing car. Put in the key and pull out the job Off we go with a puff of smoke. Twinkle, twinkle, little sir. My man drives a racing car. Eventually, travelling a long way, they found baby Jesus. It yeah. was a bit poopy ish. That's because Joseph parted. Uh. Yes. yes, and he smelled it and he thought it was yucky. <laughs> and they also saw Mary Joseph and their little donkey. And the shepherds. Then it was time to give them their gifts. There was lots of gold stuff to give them. White ping pong balls. Biscuits. 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 Gold. <laughs> Ma. Ma. I love you, baby Jesus. I love you, baby Jesus. You're, you're the best. best baby ever in the whole wide world. But you're the best baby in the whole world. You're going to be the king of God.
0: I love that little girl about Jesus. Beautiful. Light on for me. Thanks. So, we're going to give you a more uh, accurate rendition of what happened. <coughs> um, two readings Isaiah chapter 9, which I'll read, and then Ajamir will read from Matthew chapter 1. On Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them his light shined. And then verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And then, hundreds of years later, this came true as Jean Marie reads it for us.
6: Um, So that's Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. The birth of Jesus Christ. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus.
0: Thank you, Sharmu. So we sung these beautiful Christmas carols this morning. We've heard a quite a good rendition of, of the Christmas story. We've heard the prophecy which has come true. We've heard the recording through Matthew in history that Jesus Christ actually came. And here we are in 2020. What do we do with this? If I sit to you... What is the definition of manliness, except for naming my name now, of course? Um, Manliness means to be like a man in character, right? In what you do. Womanliness, same thing. To be like a woman, to do things like a woman. That's what womanliness is. So what's godliness? To be like God in what we do. And so we're going to be looking at this topic, and it's got everything to do with Christmas. And so... I'm going to speak to you from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And this is what it says, 1 Timothy 3, 16. I'll read from verse 14 to put it in its context. I hope to come to you soon, soon says the Apostle Paul, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of truth. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. What is that mystery of godliness? Here it is. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in the world, taken up in glory. So what do we do with it? You better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, he's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Is that what Christianity is? Is that perhaps your impression of Christianity? Of how to be a Christian? Of what godliness means? Not being naughty, but nice. Many people believe that. Perhaps you think Christianity is turning over a new leaf, or pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, or a pack of resolutions you've got to keep every year, or cleaning up your life, or having a good life, with the positives outweighing the negatives. I often hear that. So is Christianity and godliness then a list of do's and don'ts? Is that why, why Christ came? And if you're a Christian, I want to ask you this morning, is that what your Christian life has become in the ups and downs of what has been 2020? It's degenerated into a trying to keep God happy by keeping His commandments, the best you can. Is that what your Christian life's become? verse makes it very clear to us, no, rule-keeping is not what godliness is all about. You see, this verse is part of a set of instructions to Timothy by the Apostle Paul on how to look for leaders in the church, how to look for those who are godly in the, in the church. And then he does a strange thing. He quotes a hymn. He quotes this hymn that we read here. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. This was a hymn set up in the early church. And the early church knew it as a statement of what they believed. Later on it, it kind of evolved into the Nicene Creed. So is he saying that the mystery of a godly life is keeping rules? Is he saying to Timothy, hey Timothy, look for the elders among you who are keeping the rules, who are, who are living a, a life which shows that they're good people? Is that what he's saying? No. He's saying the godly life or the secret of godliness is not in keeping rules, it's in what? What? In a person. Because the hymn, he quotes, starts with he. So the secret of godliness is is in a he. It's to be found in Jesus Christ. So who is Jesus Christ? And if you understand who Jesus Christ is, then you know how to live. So let's look at that. Very shortly, he was manifested in the flesh. That's what Christmas is all about, right? He was revealed in the flesh. God become man. He was made known to mankind by God. God was the proactive party. He sent his son on a singular mission from heaven to earth. Go and become one of them so that they can see you, understand you, and bring you my message, and bring my message through you. And so God became flesh like us. Think about that. Almighty God became flesh like you and I. And that's what the incarnation is about. And in doing that, the Old Testament mystery of who the Messiah would be and what he would look like came to pass. It was fulfilled when he was revealed and when he appeared among us. And how did he do that? Well, he was literally, and we believe in a literal virgin birth. He was literally born of a virgin to fulfill so many prophecies in the Old Testament, but also to stamp God's authority on this manifestation because this wasn't normal. He was born of a virgin. And in that, when the Holy Spirit came on Mary, the stamp of God was on Jesus Christ and His appearance. So He was manifested. He was made known. He was revealed. He was, says the next line of the hymn, He was vindicated by the Spirit. The Spirit was there when that virgin conceived. Luke chapter 1, you can read about it. The Spirit came upon Mary, and she conceived. We don't know how that worked, but God came on her, and His Son became flesh. The Spirit was there in the form of a dove when Jesus was baptized at the start of His ministry. So the the Spirit was being with Jesus and showing that i am part of this trinity the spirit was there when jesus performed these miracles the spirit was there when jesus was raised from the dead the spirit he was vindicated by the spirit he was seen by angels says the third line of the hymn angels announced the birth of jesus we saw that accurately portrayed in that video right he was tended by angels after his temptation Angels announced His resurrection to the disciples on the third day. Angels worship Him now on His throne in glory, says Revelation chapter 5. So, He was seen by angels. He was proclaimed among the nations. This is the Jesus that we need to know about. The name of Jesus was proclaimed on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, when people from very many different nationalities and nations, heard the gospel proclaimed in their own native tongues. The name of Jesus was proclaimed right throughout the Roman Empire when persecution came on the church. And when the church grew in leaps and bounds, reaching even into Caesar's family and into his personal staff. But Jesus wasn't just proclaimed among the nations. This Jesus, who we believe in, was believed on in the world. As the Christian message spread into the whole world, out into Asia, into Europe, into Greece through the work of of the Apostle Paul and those who were working with him. As the legalization of Christianity happened under the Emperor Constantine, the gospel spread further into the Roman Empire into India through Thomas, into Africa through the Ethiopian Union earlier in history, through Jewish traders who went out into the whole of the known economic world, and they took with them the gospel message, those who knew Jesus Christ. And that reached further into history. William Tyndale, when he printed that first English Bible, Gutenberg, when he printed that first German Bible, People could now understand the gospel message in their own tongues. And the gospel spread and was believed. And then persecution came under the Reformation. And Christians were spread again into the whole of the known world, taking the gospel with them in the 1500s. And that gospel reached New Zealand. Aotearoa. Christmas Day, 1814. That sermon on the beach. Samuel Marston. And his message to the believers, uh, to the Maori, pe- Maori people around him. Listen, I bring you good news. And that good news reached Wanganui. Early Maori missionary, not many people know about this man. Nera Natai from South Taranaki. Maori man who was converted under the missionaries in the 1820s. Up in the north of New Zealand. He sent two Māori missionaries to Marae on the river here. And they misunderstood the, ma- the message that was brought to them and they killed those two Māori missionaries. So Nera sent out two more missionaries, Māori missionaries. They too came. They weren't understood and they were killed. And if you go outside the old AA testing centre, you'll see a rock there. And on that rock, no one knows about it in the city of ours. But there the gospel came to Whanganui. And then the CMS missionaries, Henry Williams and others, brought the gospel. And it said that on one Christmas morning, there were 3,000 Maori gathered at Putikimarai listening to the gospel message, while up at the race course, there were 300 Pakeha who had been living here, early settlers, all drunk in revelry at, Christ- at Christmas. That's the impact of the gospel Wanganui, and here we are, 2020. Wanganui East Baptist Church, we're part of a bigger story, you see. Jesus being believed in the world that's what Christmas is about. And then that hymn says, Last line, He was taken up in glory. Jesus Christ was resurrected on the third day, He's no longer a baby. He was resurrected, He died and was resurrected on the third day, and then He ascended into glory 40 days after His resurrection. He didn't die a second time as an old man. He ascended into glory, says Mark 16, and he is still enthroned in glory, preparing for his return, says Revelation 22. Are you ready? There's a big story happening here. And this Christmas 2020, we are remembering. And so there are are questions that remain hanging for us because of this message. What is it? One of the questions is this, do you believe this Jesus? Do you believe in Him? What does that mean? It means, have you submitted control of your life to this Jesus? Not do you understand who He is. Have you submitted your life to Him? Have you now got an of God life, a new life? Has He given you new life? You see, it's not about making a new life. It's all about receiving new life, Jesus Christ. And the second point is this. If you have received that life, are you now living in godliness? Are you living in of God life? You see, Jesus was revealed to us as how to be godly. So it's not about do's and don'ts, because if you're back to do's and don'ts, we're we're up with a celestial Christmas father. Not about do's and don'ts. It's about who? Jesus Christ. Have you got His life in you? Is He the focus of your life? And is what you are doing pleasing to Him? Does it please Him as the one you're worshiping? How do we do that? Well, you can't love God by loving life less. There are some who say that. If you're a Christian, you mustn't do this, you mustn't do that, you mustn't do this, you mustn't do the next thing. And back to the rules we go. You can't love life less and so love God more. Yes, the Apostle Paul says, and I'm not going in there now. He says, yes, live a disciplined life before the Lord. And there are some things that you should abstain from. Keep yourselves pure. But, he says, love life. God God has given us life. Isn't he the giver of good things? Chesterton, famous guy, said this. Says you might say grace before meals. Okay. But I say grace before I go to the play and the opera. I say grace before the concert and the pantomime. He's British. I say no, he wasn't, he's American. I say grace before I open a book. And I say grace before sketching and painting and swimming and fencing and boxing and walking, playing, dancing, and I say grace before I dip the pen in the ink. Why? What is grace? God's goodness revealed to us so when do we give thanks for that all the time how do we live by his grace all the time so in everything i do i need to do it by grace and so our godly living is rooted in christ and here it is here's the key for godly living anything not rooted in christ Is of no lasting value at all. So in everything you do, value it this way. Is this is what I'm doing rooted in him? Does it give glory to him? Is this from him? If it isn't, you know what isn't godly. And the second secret to this is is Christ the source of your life? Is your faith based in him? Many people say, yes, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but He feels distant from our struggles. So when when I read my Bible, yeah, I feel close to Him, but but when I'm struggling every day, it doesn't feel so real to me. You see, being a Christian is more than believing in Jesus. Being a Christian is having the life of Jesus Christ in me through His Holy Spirit. And the gospel life is the active pursuit of godliness through the power and the presence of Jesus Christ in me. That's how I live a godly life. Living life with Jesus in me through his power. That's living a godly life. And so therefore, I engage in the struggle. And who knows what lies ahead for us in 21. I don't know. There could be other strains of COVID coming our way. The rest of the world is facing it now. We don't know what will happen to us. But I face whatever comes my way in a godly way. I engage in the struggle. I fight the fight. I press on towards the prize with hope. Why? Because Jesus Christ lives in me. It doesn't matter what comes my way. That's living a godly life. The Apostle Paul summed it up in Colossians 1.28. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's how we live the Christian life. That is the Christ of Christmas 2020 and into infinity, I'm quoting now, and beyond from a famous movie. But real truth there, the Christ of Christmas is with us into infinity and beyond. The revealed, vindicated, visible, proclaimed, believed, glorified, and returning Son of God. Believe in him. Live in him, says the apostle. That's our message for this Christmas. Let's live godly lives, lives like God in us. Let's pray. Lord, our Heavenly Father, thank you for this reminder again this year that Jesus Christ came to this earth as a baby thank you too for the reminder that he didn't remain a baby, that he grew up to be our Lord, our Savior, the one who died on our behalf, the one who was raised from the dead, the one who ascended on high, the one who is the King, who is soon to be returning for his people, his kingdom. Help us to live God-like lives as we have you in us, Lord Jesus thank you for the gift you gave at christmas lord jesus christ you gave yourself to us god become man help us now in our struggles as we live life your way through your grace amen well let's sing our last christmas carol joy to the world the lord is come let earth receive her king us with this little Christmas service today, I, I hope you take the truths that we've looked at and we're going to apply them, living God-like lives with Christ in us. That's what it's about. And don't enjoy your time together as families with uh, all the, everything that goes with that, the barbecues and the sunshine, and we've got sunshine at least, you know? And the time together as family, let's really enjoy this time together. Let's not take it for granted because life changes really fast. But the Lord knows what's going to happen to us. He is in control. Jesus Christ, our Savior, has come. So thank you. I'll just pray. Lord, our Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together this morning. As we go out into this city, as we go out into the rest of this country, as we go on holidays, Lord, keep us safe. But also, Lord, most importantly, keep us living like Jesus Christ, with your power in us, and you will reach out from us and touch the lives of those around us. We give you praise, our living Savior. Amen. Amen.
5: Praise God for the weather. Thank you.
0: (laughs)